0: and welcome to episode 12 of the hudson havoc podcast we're recording this on january 12th john wackett is my name we are recording this at locust street studio here in hudson and i am joined in studio as always by head coach and general manager brett wall john i appreciate you having me we are back uh you are back from a very successful road trip you the havoc went over and played the wisconsin rapids river kings and came away with a uh, a very exciting two-game sweep in a very important series against a very good team. And as a, as a head coach, you must be incredibly satisfied.
1: Uh, very happy. And not only uh, some big wins, but some franchise first. Um, first time we've actually come away with a W in this building here against the River Kings. We've found ourselves in a spot where um, we've been close in a lot of games, a lot of one-goal games in that building, or ones we've lost in overtime or a shootout and couldn't quite find a way to pull out that W. and to finally, do that. It was fantastic. Uh, Ryan Knight was a net for us. You guys will hear from him later in the show. Um, did a fantastic job of stepping in and really in a championship game, saying, Hey, I'm going to be the guy that takes the reins here, and make sure that we see this through. Um, so, did a great job in net for us. I can't wait for you guys to hear a little bit about him. But um, for us in here, you know, in, in the red jerseys on the road to get a win, I know for me, there's a guy, especially number 24, Sean Potts. Um, our captain is a guy that, you know, has been with me for a long time. We've gone through a lot of battles in this building and found ourselves on the short end of the stick. So to kind of come away here in his last year before he gets the chance to leave here, he can say, Hey, you know what? The Havoc finally won in this building. And for him to be a part of that first team to do it means the world to me. I know he got a little bit emotional and so did I after that game on Friday. Um, something we've been working for, for a long time, to get that opportunity to do it um, was huge. And then obviously the bounce back on Saturday was uh, extremely awesome as well. So, um, Great weekend all around. Extremely proud of the guys and truly can't say enough just as far as the, the courage to kind of go out there and compete for an entire 60 minutes in, in both games. I was very, very proud. We're going to go back to
0: the the, the trip over there. You went over over there on, on Friday. Tell us about the, the preparations of the week leading up to it and then the trip over there to Wisconsin Rapids on Friday.
1: A lot of preparation. On Monday, we just competed. Um, we, we went to work. I wasn't very pleased with our game there with the Blue Hawks. Um, the weekend prior, and we just kind of had to get our head back on straight and really get about get out of vacation mode, per se. Right. Um, felt like we were kind of waiting for a third holiday after the new year there. and well, while there wasn't another holiday coming, so we had to kind of realize the season is here and sign it back to work and um, got our butts kicked there by the Blue Ox and kind of responded and um, came back to work on Monday. Instead of kind of feeling sorry for ourselves or have our tail tucked, we had guys say, all right, let's do this. And uh, guys put their head down for four days and really got to work. Um, hopped on the bus on Friday with a good game plan all week long. We kind of just preached you know working towards having good habits and a good foundation that way you know when you are tired or your brain does shut off you have nothing but good like foundation to kind of fall back on and create habits and hopefully those will carry over and your detail will stay sharp uh, maybe even when your mind isn't or your legs aren't or your mind wants to shut off i mean you still kind of stick true to what havoc hockey is i thought guys did a great job of doing that so
0: the uh the attitude and the atmosphere of the team going over building up to that week you, you were happy with that Enthusiastic going in.
1: Our our results on Friday and Saturday were due to the work that guys put in all week long. I thought guys worked the right way. Guys took care of their bodies. Guys were you know in and out with the doctors when they needed to be. I feel like it was an extreme priority to make sure everyone was healthy, everyone was ready to go, and everyone really took care of themselves. Thought we did a great job as coaches, kind of preparing the guys for a game plan and a structure that we wanted to play with them. Guys did a great job of coming to practice and executing what we asked. And then ultimately, at the end of the day, you can do all those things, but you can't execute a game time. It doesn't matter. Guys came out. we were willing to do it for 60 minutes straight, and it was fantastic.
0: You play in a hostile environment over in Wisconsin Rapids, and a team like you said you've you've struggled with uh, against over there. Yep. So the drop of the puck on 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 Friday night take take us take us back to that one.
1: First shift, uh, fantastic. I was very pleased. We're out there buzzing and kind of going, and then I think it was our second or third shift. Um, kind of a weird balance uh one of our guys went out who is normally a shot blocker every single time there's no questions asked got kind of a weird balance off the inside of his pants and the puck it could have been in couldn't have been and I truly don't know um when I watch hockey TV it's still hard for me to tell but um, they got a goal on us early and, and kind of the vibe on the bench like there, there wasn't any high there wasn't any low it's kind of like all right they scored and we just kind of went back to work and kind of kept chipping away all night long and then uh, got an opportunity to get a goal and Really kind of got rolling there, and we kind of kept our foot on the gas the rest of the game there and came away. I think it was a 4-1 win. Um, was very happy with the result and just truly just the effort throughout the entire course of the game. There was never a time where we kind of backed off or, or lapsed or lulled or anything like that. I thought guys did a good job keeping themselves accountable. The focus on the bench was fantastic, and in between periods as well. Was it a 60-minute complete game? I don't want to say quite 60, but we're, we're inching closer. For me, I think it was probably around that 55-minute mark. Um, and again, it, was, it wasn't a five-minute in, in like you know period where we were – you know, missing kind of things. It was, you know, maybe five, six seconds here, four or five seconds there where we we need to make sure we're just a smidge sharper and a smidge tighter. Who are some of the offensive stars that uh, led you to the win on Friday? Oh, my goodness. Honestly, to be honest with you, this is what I think as as a coach is when you feel really good is I, I truly can't remember who scored goals, to be honest with you. I thought everyone was working hard. Everyone was competing. Everyone kind of pulled their weight. Like when we were scoring goals, it wasn't like someone was taking the team and putting them on their back. There was five guys in the unit that were working. I mean, you know, guys were cycling the puck well, points were getting shots through. Guys were competing hard in that front. Um, so just very, you know, proud with all the guys kind of overall. And anytime you get a chance in a hostile environment like that, you know, to be down early and to find a way to battle back and just to continue to keep pushing and continue to keep the pressure on, you know, find the back of the net is huge. And obviously, I think with us, you know, getting a few goals under our belt, knowing we can score here, knowing we can compete, really kind of got us rolling for Saturday as well.
0: So it must have been a jubilant locker room on Friday night, knowing you finally, Got that first win over there.
1: It it was, but I'm telling you, like th- this team is different. Um, like, guys were excited and guys were happy. Guys were juiced about it. But we kind of already had this focus, like, all right, we won one. This feels really good. Like, I wonder what a sweep's gonna feel like. So, like, sure. we we had guys that they're that kind of like sharks when there's blood in the water. Like, they're hungry. They want more. Um, the energy was high. Guys were excited, but guys also knew, like, hey, like there's an opportunity to do this again tomorrow. Um, and I think guys really kind of embraced, you know, that feeling of how good that success felt. And we wanted to feel that again on Saturday for the bus ride home. So
0: you stayed over there Friday night and that brings you to Saturday. And so you were able to pull off an overtime win on Saturday and complete the sweep. Take us back to Saturday.
1: Yeah. um, Again, another game where we came out and kind of had a weird bounce and um, ended up with uh, the puck in our net early. And again, just something that kind of happened, kind of a fluky incident. And, you know, 99 times out of a hundred, you know, we do something different. And guys did a good job again, just being even keel and really kind of putting their foot back down and, you know, we didn't score until I think it was like seven fifty left in the third period. So I mean, we almost went a fifty plus, or almost fifty minutes. Um, what, what, yeah, you know, without a goal, and guys just kept chipping away all night long. Like guys were never discouraged. Guys were never down. Guys stayed disciplined. Like no one really lost their composure. I thought we just kind of, for me, I think just keep chipping away, keep chipping away, and I found a way to get a goal there. I think Harut scored um, right inside the eight minute mark, and then after that, we just kind of kept pushing. We got in a little bit of penalty trouble there. Um, late in the period. So, we, uh, I think one of our guys took a high sticking penalty. He was pretty good, high stick uh, with like a minute 17 left. So, we had to kill off a minute and 17, five on four. Um, PK did a great job. Nyder did a great job making sure he was ready to go and stopping all the pucks. Um the main chance we had, kind of setting things up for guys to clear pucks. So, guys did a great job with that. And then once you get through that minute and 17, you know, you know you've know you got secured a point. And then all of a sudden, you got to look up there. And I think there's like 43 seconds left of uh, four on three which isn't something you normally practice lot like, because you're not normally in the situation. So, you know, you put your best pony killers out there and they did a fantastic job. Um, Logan Millhausen did incredible. Pots. he did great. Izzy did fantastic. Um, Nider, obviously, in making sure the saves come through. But just everyone kind of worked as a unit. We got through that. And then we got the four-on-four because does not going to three-on-three because there's no whistle yet because of the four-on-three power play. So our okay. guy comes out of the box and it's four-on-four. Um, ends up playing for 30, 40 seconds after that. Um, our guy makes a pass up to Eisenstark, Eisenstark moves it over to Potts, Potts literally walks across the blue, snaps one, and Harvey Dove tips it, and it goes right into the bar, um, blocker side, and then the boys kind of cleared the bench, The celebration went crazy, and we swept the floor up in the locker room, and we headed home, so it was great.
0: <laughs> Must have been a great bus ride home.
1: Uh, you know what, it, it definitely makes it easier, uh, we were on the vans there for uh, the quick three-hour ride, and um a little bit cold i think it was like minus all weekend long it was long. cold that night yeah but oh, yeah. uh i'll tell you what it definitely uh felt good kind of getting that van and know we're going home and obviously we get the next uh, time and crack out of here in hudson so i think we're extremely excited and really looking forward to this one now we're
0: going to talk about that more in our final segment the river kings are coming over here but coming off this this win what were some of the things uh you were most proud of you talked about a lot of things but in, in pulling off that sweep, if you could pick out two things that you say, we really did this and this well that resulted in, in these victories.
1: Hmm, things we did really well, like obviously we skated. I thought we skated very, very well. And I thought we we kept our faith to our game plan. We didn't stray. We didn't change. We didn't, you know, obviously we made some adjustments here and there. But, but nobody kind of was on their own page. Nobody was doing something different. We weren't coming back and telling guys like, you need to do this, you need to do that. Like I, the communication was there. So everyone just kind of had a lot of faith in what we were doing. I think that truly on Saturday, that's why we kind of got where we were. Like I thought we had a really good response after that first goal they had. I thought we had a really strong second, had a really decent start to the third. And then finally, you know, kind of the gates cracked. And after that, it's like, Guys, again, kind of like, hey, th- this is ours now and kind of ran from there. Well,
0: Coach Wall, congratulations on on a, on a tremendous series and just taking a, a look at the, uh, at the standings here. And I guess we'll talk more about this in our final segment. It, you know, Two key wins in, in, in a place you haven't won, but against a key rival in your division that's points up on you, and that's going to probably bear fruit as we get later in the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, from a, from a coach's standpoint, I want to win every game. From a GM standpoint, when you're counting points and seeing where guys are at in the future, um, definitely games that we know are critical, and two more big ones with these guys that you know, we want to make sure we take advantage of and capitalize on the opportunity. Any personnel moves that, that the Havoc have done here recently? Uh, nothing this week. Uh, everything is still the same as far as what we got. We do have some guys that are kind of getting back and getting fully healthy and guys that are recovering from a little bit of sickness. So, um, should be ready to roll. We have uh, a young man to your right. We're going to be bringing on for our player profile
0: segment. Uh, tell us a little bit about Ryan Knight.
1: Yeah. Ryan Knight, uh, huge opportunity this weekend in the Rapids His first two dances there and he won them both. So uh, I'm extremely excited for you guys to get to know him, a guy with a great hockey background and a really cool story from uh, California. So uh for those of you that, that know him it'll be great for you to get to know him a little bit more in details and for the, those of you that don't um, it'll be great for your first introduction to get to hear him coming up in our next segment player profile ryan knight we'll be back with head coach and
0: gm brett wall later on in the podcast but coming up ryan knight will be back with more of the hudson havoc podcast from locust street studio The Hudson Havoc return home to Gornick Arena Friday, January 14th, and Saturday the 15th, taking on the Wisconsin Rapids River Kings in a crucial Midwest-West division matchup. Friday's game's at 7 o'clock. Saturday's game is at 8. Tickets are $10 at the door. Kids under 10 are free. The Hoppin' Barrel Warming House will be open for business during all Havoc games. Come out and cheer on your Hudson Havoc, the 14th and 15th at Gornick Arena. And we are back with more of the Hudson Havoc podcast. Time for the player profile segment. We are pleased to have in studio tonight, Ryan Knight from San Jose, California. He's in his first year with the Havoc. He plays goalie. Ryan, thank you for joining us on the podcast.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: So San Jose, California, You're number one, you're a long ways from home. But uh, California, little different hockey background in terms of, you know, compared to Minnesota, for example, where hockey is, it's hockey, hockey, and more hockey. California, maybe not so much. What got you involved in the sport of hockey out in California?
2: Yeah, you know, hockey's not the biggest sport in Cali. So, I mean, growing up, Sharks, the Sharks, uh, San Jose Sharks team was kind of just my biggest inspiration of playing hockey. And going to those games were kind of the highlight of my little youth uh, adulthood. Um, so, I mean, it's been a fun journey, and I love it. What
0: was what was your first hockey memory when getting on the ice and, and you said, boy, this is something I want to do?
2: Um, I started off like my old coaches, they would put pucks on the other end and I'd kind of waddle all the way down to pick up pucks and put them in the bucket. And then I guess that's my kind of biggest inspiration of you know, getting into hockey was picking up pucks and putting them in the buckets like the simple task. Did you like you liked being on the ice? Yeah, I loved it. And uh was what did skating come naturally to you? Oh uh, no. Uh, lots of falling over and uh, bruised knees. So, but you kept on going, going at it.
0: Yeah. So, um, what was your first organized hockey in
2: terms of you were part of a team and you were playing competitive games? Um, I started off playing like in-house hockey, so it wasn't really a lot of travel. It's kind of just our youth little program. Um, so ever since then, just been playing that.
0: When you went on the road, you know, and, and played teams, and played started playing in front of fans, did you get pumped up about it?
2: Yeah, it's definitely different playing in front of fans. Uh, it's a kind of different atmosphere, but you don't really recognize it during the game. But I mean, like, there's times at moments where it's just like, holy cow, there's a lot of people here, so it's different. It gets the energy going. Yeah, definitely gives me uh, pumped up and energy. I love it.
0: So did you go up the, the the standard ranks? You know, the mites and the squirts and the bantams, that that
2: kind of thing, right right on up the ladder. Yeah, so I was a player my entire life until I was around 13. And
1: I literally I, just found this out last night. I had I had no clue. I thought you were a goalie your entire life.
2: No, I started playing goalie uh, pretty late, as they call it. I started playing okay. goalie at 13 years old. Okay. So uh, ever since then, i loved goalie. Like, my entire life, I always wanted to be. My parents really never let me. But then at one point, they were like, we got to let them try it. So ever since then, I loved it.
0: You know, goalie, I always kind of likened it to being a catcher in baseball. You have to have a catcher, but sometimes it's hard to find a kid that wants to play catcher, but you have to have it. And so you you started out where you were like a forward, and then you ended up going to goalie?
2: Yeah, I was a forward, uh, not the big, biggest goal scorer, but I had a pretty good shot. Um, and then I switched to the defenseman and then for my last year, and then I ended up switching and made the change to goalie.
0: Now, when you get up to the high school level or that age, tell us about that playing experience.
2: Um, it's different, Um, especially being a goalie. I've kind of worked my way up, up to AAA. So, like, I didn't play AAA until I was 15 years old, and yeah. I didn't even get a lot of playing time during then. And so I kind of just kept on battling, kept on battling. And then by then, by, like, 16s and 18s, I started getting more playing time and more in looks for uh, different
0: teams. So you might say you were, in some regards, a little bit of a late bloomer.
2: Yeah, definitely. What was it like playing hockey out in California? Um, It's not the – most popular, uh, we kind of have our rival teams of, like, the L.A. teams, like the Anaheim Junior Ducks and the L.A. Junior Kings. Those are kind of, like, the bigger AAA programs in Cali. Okay. Besides that, you don't really see a lot of much hockey besides, like, maybe a few AA teams and maybe some, like, high school teams. But it's not as popular as it is out in, like, Minnesota where you have Minnesota high school hockey
0: and all that. Right. What, what's a, what's a uh, specific hockey memory
2: from that time period that really sticks in your mind and what was influential? um i guess going to nationals my first year triple a that was a pretty cool run i mean beating we had a pretty good rivalry between the kings and it was really close games those were always one goal games so um even though i didn't play in those games it was still a cool experience to be a part of like winning those things and our nationals was actually where the u.s national team plays okay so it's kind of cool to see that kind of facility and where they practice and where they play Mm -hmm. and all the cool little features that come with playing that high level hockey
0: at what juncture during that time period did you say, when this, uh, when your high school days are
2: done, I want to continue to play? Um, I've always kind of thought of it like my dream as a kid is playing the NHL. I mean, okay. I guess to say like every other kid, but I mean, ever since then, I just like worked as hard as I could just to be that guy.
0: And so, in uh, chasing this dream and this this idea, what brought you to Hudson, Wisconsin?
2: Uh, it's kind of been a a different journey. Um. Coach Brett over here saw me at a Minnesota Magicians camp. And ever since then, we kind of came in contact. And he's kind of been reaching out and following where I've been. And then one thing led to another, and I ended up in Hudson.
0: What was what was your first conversation with head coach and GM Brett Wall? Take us back to that first conversation.
2: Uh, I think he texted me asking my interest of, like, what I was doing the year and then kind of saying he saw me at the Magi camp. and And then ever since then, I kind of just – fell in love with the organization and liked what he was doing and providing. And so
0: now, now was that out in Richfield, the magicians? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I'm, f- I'm familiar with, uh, with them. And so you come to Hudson, Wisconsin. What'd you think of Hudson, Wisconsin when you first got here?
2: Uh, it's definitely different than Cali for sure. Um, I'm sure it is. <laughs> it's definitely a different, uh, big culture change and like with the snow and stuff I'm not used to kind of used to spoiled with the warm weather 24 seven. So it's definitely, it's definitely a new change for me.
1: But you've also been here in some of the coldest days ever. Like, what was, like, negative 15 the other day? Like, it's normally not this cold here. It's cold, but it's not normally this cold. So it might just be the season.
0: So you put on the Hudson Havoc jersey for the first time in that first game. You know, you get acclimated. What Take us back to that.
2: Uh, It was against the Rum River Mallards, I believe. Yep. And And, uh, uh, the boys made me feel very comfortable. And it was a very comfortable environment, very comfortable rink, very comfortable setting, and, like, just, like, the boys played an unreal game in front of me blocking shots like taking away pucks letting me see everything so it made me feel very comfortable playing in that type of you know new environment
0: what are some of the relationships you've built with with uh, your teammates in your time here
2: uh like kenny torelli and matt powell i gotta give a shout out to those guys those guys may be extremely comfortable like we come to work every day um we're always pushing each other and making each other better and then the players are just a fun fun place to be around like Practice doesn't feel like a bagger. It just feels like a fun environment with the guys laughing, joking, but, like, at the same time being serious and doing our jobs.
0: Kenny Torelli was our guest last week, and, and he's he's more more experienced, and we were talking about his numbers, had phenomenal numbers. Has he been kind of a mentor to you?
2: Yeah, he's helped me a lot with my game and, you know, making sure I'm staying confident, staying happy, staying, making sure, like, I'm ready to go for games. And he's a great role model, and he helps me a lot a lot on game days and making sure, like, you know, I'm ready to go and I'm dialed in. You know, I make a bad play. He's there to pick me up. So he's a great, great goalie partner. I love to have him. And he's one of my favorite goalie partners I've ever had.
0: The, the Hudson Havoc coaching staff, in addition to, to head coach Brett Wall,
2: what, uh, what role have they played in your development? Huge. I mean, there's always confidence. Like Brett lets me do my job. You know, he's very tells me uh, play the puck a lot. You know, do what you want to do to make this team successful. So that's helped me a lot and improved my game and make me more comfortable in what I can do. What are some of your personal goals for this season? Uh, probably definitely winning a national championship with the boys. I mean, that would be something really cool and kind of like a miracle run there, and it would be really cool to be a part of. So,
0: You had a very successful weekend series, and we were talking about this in, in the podcast, going on the road and sweeping a series against
2: a very good River Kings team.
0: On the bus ride home, did were, were there some happy faces on that bus ride home?
2: Yeah, I mean, we were all excited and pumped, and I mean, it might have been a little tight of a cram in the van, but, I mean, you know, all smiles going back home.
1: Quick few hours. But, you know, honestly, I mean, he won't pump himself up. But a, a huge weekend uh, for, for us to go down to start the Cheese Curd Cup Series and just kind of have everyone in that mix and, and go down and play in a really tough environment in the Rapids, um, a building that I've never won in. Um, we've, we've got a lot of overtime points. We've got a you know, point for getting to shoot up. I've never come out with a W there in um, regulation, shootout, overtime, whatever it may be. Um, I've never been able to kind of, you know, at the end of the day, find a way to get over that hump. And There's always been something crazy that has happened. Like two years ago, you know, we had a great team that, you know, could beat anyone on any given night. And we're up by two and with like four or five minutes left, they score three goals. Um, we've had odd ones where it's like, you know, a, a weird bounce or something crazy has happened or a penalty that maybe went, didn't go our way. Um, one time we had a high stick and the guy was bleeding. It's just like crazy things that kind of happened. Um, and for him to kind of come to this building that in you know, five years we have never won in, um, and kind of come in and say, Hey, you know what, I'm going to be a guy that really steps up. Uh, first, night I think he had close, I think it was like 32 saves or something like that. Next night, I think it was like, uh, 29 or 30 again. Um, so just a huge weekend in net for us. And to come out of here as a young guy with an 3 birth year and really kind of compete and work his butt off every day and then get the opportunity to really step up and, you know, championship caliber games and really answer the bell Like that's huge. Um, for me, going to be honestly, you, you know, I'm laying in bed at night uh, after Friday in a big win where he played fantastic in net. I think to myself, man, we got to go back to him. You know, I'm sitting there and I couldn't really sleep. And I wake up the next morning. You know, we kind of check in with Kenny and see where he's at and kind of how things are going and his progression and what he's feeling. Um, and we asked Niter, you know, how are you feeling? He said, I feel great. I'm like, well, you know, the net's going to be yours again. And came out on Saturday, same type of routine, same type of preparation, was really dialed in all day long. And I think you know, got rewarded because when he got to that game time, he was ready to go and didn't really answer that bell. And that's all the work that was put in prior. Um a guy that has you know waited his turn and when that time came has really really stepped up so huge weekend and gotta applaud you um first time I've won that building and you're the guy in net, so gotta thank you so ryan
0: as as the season continues we're really in the thick of it now we're we're in January you're going to have a lot of western uh, division games and uh, you got coming off this weekend series you got them coming here this weekend and then you you know other important games you got you know rematches with the blue ox and the moose and and the rest of the teams in the division uh, <clears throat> Excuse me, what are some of your plans and hopes for this season moving forward now?
2: Uh, Just making sure we're ready to go. I mean, at the same time, these are huge games for us and huge opportunities for us to come away with wins, and I think we need them. So just making sure I'm always staying prepared and we're always staying prepared, ready to go, and just doing our routines like normal and making sure we're staying healthy as well.
0: Well, and that's something that Coach Wall has talked about time and again is is, is preparation for, for games and then preparing yourself as a player to position yourself to get into that next level what are some of your hopes plans to play at the next level when your days with the havoc are done
2: Uh, i mean at the same time just come to work like i mean that's all you you can do really just keep working keep battling and making sure you're focused and preparing like every day is a game so just having that mentality of being a leader and making sure you're staying positive happy and healthy like that's all you can ask for
0: well you're a long ways from home and being in wisconsin from california so Obviously, your billet family plays a big role in uh, providing you a place to 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 live, and you see a lot of them. Tell us about your billet family.
2: Uh they're great. I mean, they support me, and their uh, their son's a goalie too, so he's a big supporter and stuff. Okay. And I live with one of my teammates, Brett Benson, so he's a he's a great guy to be with, and it's always fun and laughs and stuff. So it's a definitely a great environment place to be in, and so I love it there. So, what's it like playing in in Gornick Arena? What does Gornick Arena mean to you? I don't think I've played yet. No, yeah, I yeah, haven't. he hasn't.
1: He has not played in <laughs> Gornick Well, think about it. We've been gone for two months. Well, that's true. So that uh, true. he he's yet to be here on uh, at home with us. So a big opportunity for him to kind of get in, you know the net here in Hud Vegas this weekend. Um, I'm excited for you to see our fans and our crowd, and obviously a huge weekend. We got moms' weekend as well, and uh, then on uh, Saturday the Teddy Bear Toss too. So um, it'll be awesome weekend to be in Hud Vegas.
2: What does the phrase Hud Vegas mean to you? Um, I think it's pretty cool because it reminds me of like the Vegas days of how hard they worked and, you know, being a team that was pretty doubted and what, right, wasn't supposed to be successful and was supposed to take years. And that's kind of what Hot Vegas means to me. And it's a team that like battles every day, comes to work, ready to go. And, you know, like showcases their talent at really good levels and against really good teams and proves that we're a really good team. Referencing the Vegas Knights in the NHL. Yep.
0: And uh, are you a Knights nice fan then?
2: I'm not. I'm you're, a Blackhawks I, that, fan.
0: You're a Blackhawks fan. Yeah. So you're from, you're a California kid playing in Wisconsin who's a Blackhawks fan.
2: Yeah, kind of weird.
1: <laughs> that works. How did you become a Blackhawks fan?
2: I don't know. Just ever since third grade, like Corey Crawford, he's kind of been right. a pretty big role model. And, you know, their their team has been pretty dominant during that time. And Very ever good. since then, I've loved them.
0: We're going to do a, part of a segment we do with player profiles. When you're back home in San Jose, California, and it's Friday night, where are you going for, uh, for a good time or for, for something good to eat or to have fun?
2: Uh, I would probably say Chick-fil-A. I love Chick-fil-A. Okay. It might not be the healthiest option, but I love Chick-fil-A, and it's probably a, a nice uh, little Saturday night get-together with my family and stuff to, to do.
1: We got a little Chick-fil-A on the road. I didn't know that. Were you happy about that?
2: Yeah, I was excited.
0: Now, when you're in Hudson where you're on a Friday night and you're not playing, where are you going?
2: Ooh, well, or after the game? Yeah, do you have a spot yet in Hudson? I do not. I do
1: not. What do you do after practice?
2: Uh, Probably Elevate. Elevate's right. a big thing. Oh, sure. Yep. Elevate Nutrition, one of the sponsors of the Hudson Havoc. Yep. Yeah, they're great. I mean, the protein shakes are unreal, and the drinks and the options they give you, and it's just great service, and it's a nice place to lounge and hang out with all the boys and stuff after practices, so I love it there.
1: What's your flavor?
2: Uh, Lately, I've been going with wedding cake. Wedding cake's pretty good. Wedding cake? All right. I'll have to get up there and try that.
1: You haven't been yet? No, I haven't. Oh, John, it's amazing! It's amazing, and you feel good too after. It's okay. kind like, of yeah, you I've had a shake, that. I
0: feel all right. It's good. And so, if um, when you, when your days here are done, is there any particular college
2: that you'd say I want to go here? Uh, I guess whatever school would take me. Okay, yeah, um, that works. Yeah, I mean, I guess I've always wanted to play at the Division One level, and you know, kind of compete my way to there, and you know, just keep working at it. I'm going to
0: throw this to coach. Well, what does Ryan Knight mean to the havoc?
1: I mean, huge Uh, young guys came in and made an impact right away. Um, Obviously his background and pedigree with uh, kind of what he's been raised with at home um, has really kind of led him in a spot and guided him in a good direction to where he knows how to prepare and come in. And he's really done a good job of just getting here and immersing himself in the community and the culture what the team is doing. My first thing I noticed with the with him in practice, just the way he competes, and we we talk about getting to the next level and how he's going to get there. And stuff. So yes, it's it's preparation, it's detail, but it's this guy's practice etiquette for me. Like this guy tracks every shot, he competes for every puck. I mean, a, a, every shot to him for me. If it's the first puck and he hasn't seen one yet, or it's the thousandth puck he's seen in practice, you know, he's dialed in and ready to kind of go. Or if we're doing a drill where we got to slow things down and it's out of one end. You know we've got a three goalie rotation there. When it comes to his turn, you know you think that he'd been in there and been fresh the entire time. Like he's ready to go and ready to kind of roll. And really for us, just kind of pushes us as far as our shooters every day. You got to score against a goalie that is big, that competes, you know, brings effort. A guy that plays the puck really well. Um, so for me, like he, he helps our players when we're shooting on him. He makes our team better in games because you know he know he can stop pucks. Um, you know, our defenseman, he plays the puck really well. He starts to break out, moves things to the wingers. So, I mean, just a lot of things that he brings here that I think are elements that truly do translate to the next level. But that all kind of gets there because of that practice etiquette that he brings on a day-to-day basis. Like, it's fun to watch you compete um, day in and day out and obviously been rewarded with your gameplay and success um, due to that. Ryan Knight, what is your number for the Havoc? Uh, right now I'm
0: number 31, number 31 on the ice for the Hudson Havoc. Check him out from San Jose, California, playing his way up the ranks. And, uh, on behalf of the Hudson Havoc, we're glad you're here and continued success for the rest of the season. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We'll be back with more of the Hudson Havoc podcast in a moment. The Hudson Havoc return home to Gornick Arena Friday, January 14th, and Saturday the 15th, taking on the Wisconsin Rapids River Kings in a crucial Midwest-West division matchup. Friday's game's at 7 o'clock. Saturday's game is at 8. Tickets are $10 at the door. Kids under 10 are free. The Hoppin' Barrel Warming House will be open for business during all Havoc games. Come out and cheer on your Hudson Havoc, the 14th and 15th at Gornick Arena. And we are back with the Hudson Havoc podcast. Time for our alumni call-in segment and we have on the phone very pleased to have Jimmy Petuck. I hope I pronounced that correctly. And he's out at King's College in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. He was a member of the Havoc in 2019 and 20. We want to catch up with him and reflect on his time with the Havoc and see what uh, what Jimmy's up to these days. So Jimmy Petuck, how you doing out there?
3: I'm doing well, John. Uh, uh sorry it's been a hectic uh beginning of the season with everything going on but uh everything everything's doing all right
0: you know we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go back to your to your time with the havoc you were with the havoc in 2019 and 2020 a very successful team we've reflected on that uh multiple times maybe the probably the most successful havoc team up 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 till now got all the way out to the national championship game and and then we'll talk about kind of what happened there but Going back even before that, what got you interested in hockey, Jimmy?
3: Uh, I mean, what happened was, I mean, I'm, I come from a background where my uh, my father, he ended up playing uh, Division One baseball mm. uh, for a little bit at University of Buffalo. So, I mean, I started out playing baseball at a very young age. And, um, I mean, after a while, uh, my parents decided to take me to my first uh, Devils game for the New Jersey Devils here. And uh, ever since I got hooked, so I I pretty much started from the age of six playing roller hockey and then uh, pretty much transitioned to ice hockey. And I just haven't stopped since. So, uh,
0: yeah. So growing up out there, you know, of course, where we're here in Wisconsin, Minnesota, especially Minnesota, hockey is really one of the the most popular sports. But out in out in uh, New Jersey, what what uh, I'm guessing it probably wasn't as much.
2: Uh,
3: actually, to be honest with you, I mean, it, it's actually pretty big. I mean, there's a lot of prestigious AAA programs in the area, at least by my house. I mean, you have the uh, New Jersey Colonials, the uh, North Jersey Avalanche, uh, New Jersey Rockets, who've been a, a program who moved on plenty of players that went on to play Division One in NHL. And then as well as a bunch of smaller, like tier two, like Double A, single A level travel teams and even high school hockey's pretty big in New Jersey surprisingly enough and there's even a lot of rinks around so i mean and you might not think of it but it actually ha- there actually is a pretty large hockey community there for the most part
0: sounds good so when you got playing competitive hockey and you decided this is something i want to do what uh, did you go up to you know the mites and squirts banums that you know the standard youth youth level
3: Uh yeah yeah so like i originally i had started out playing town roller hockey just just for fun obviously and uh Over the years, I ended up playing, I started out at Mites playing uh, town Townhawk, which is more like, more or less like B-level hockey, but it's like within the like northern region. Okay. And then over time, I uh, transitioned my way into uh, single A hockey, eventually double A and then triple A and then obviously ending up playing for Hudson later on.
0: So what was your high school hockey playing
3: like? It was, I mean, at the time, I mean, it's, it's, it's come and gone. I mean, a lot of the time it was pretty, it was pretty good when I was younger because a lot of the kids that play on those pretty high level triple A teams, they'll come and play. I mean, it's pretty much like a, it's a fun environment. It's not, I would say it's competitive in some areas, like especially down South in the central Jersey area. I and even the new North, the North Jersey area. But I mean, my high school that I mainly played for, they, uh, we're in a lower division, so okay. it was mostly more or less like almost like pickup hockey at times, which is which isn't taking away from it. I mean, it was still fun, but I mean, a lot of kids in New Jersey mostly focus on the uh, AAA and a lot of the uh, travel teams around there.
0: What was your f- most uh, memorable hockey moment from your high school playing days? That kind of, one that just kind of stands out.
3: In terms of high school, or um, on high school, or AAA, is high school. Um, I, I don't know. I think it was probably playing in my first, uh, state championship tournament game. I mean, we weren't really on the greatest, uh, team when I was in my freshman year. Cause I only played my freshman and sophomore since okay. I was away playing travel my, uh, junior and senior years. But, uh, my freshman year we made it to the state tournament and then ended up losing in the first round to the uh, eventual champions which is actually uh, another love this hunter Koch ended up playing for that program later on <laughs> um, high school so I mean it was it was it was definitely it sucked losing but I mean it was definitely fun playing for something like that in, in the long run
0: and so you know you you went up I, after high school was done you you went on to a Triple A, a AAA team is that correct?
3: Uh, no, actually, I ended up playing starting out with AAA my okay. uh, sophomore year. I ended up playing AAA American okay. actually here in Wilkes-Barre uh, for the Knights program. And then I stayed here for another year uh, playing AAA for the Knights. And then I eventually uh, attempted to move up to uh, juniors actually pretty early when I was six, or 17, 18. Okay. And then when that didn't work out, I, I dropped down to U18 and uh, played for a couple teams there. And then, obviously, from there on out, I played uh, another year U eighteen, and then juniors after. And
0: and so your journey eventually led you to Hudson, and of course the 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 figurehead here of the of the Hudson Havoc. We happen to have him here as Coach Brett Wall. What led you to an introduction to Coach Brett Wall?
3: Well, um, actually, it, it started actually a year before okay. uh, the year I eventually played there, because uh, again, Hunter Koch, one of the other uh, alumnus,es from. Hudson, who was a goalie there, he uh actually got me in touch with Brett early on, and yeah. I mean, at that time, obviously, I knew they had a, a a program that was coming up, which eventually turned into that one-year team that you were talking about that I was on. But um, the what happened was, I mean, I'm I'll be honest with you, I'm I'm more more of a homebody, so I mean, it was tough for me to like commit to that kind of a distance mm-hmm. from home. But uh, but but once I after my that year before transpired I basically just I knew that they were going to have a very good team that was really competitive that was going to also move players on and I I knew that a lot of the I also knew a lot of the guys from talking to them off the ice so I mean it basically just was a no-brainer at that point so a
0: New Jersey boy packs his car and heads and heads west what did you first think of Hudson Wisconsin when you rolled into town
3: Oh, it's a beautiful town. I mean, I've I've always been a winter kind of guy. I know a lot of people like to be summer guys. Like they I'm go a winter guy. South. Amen. They like the beaches. I mean, I, I'm I love the cold. I'll be honest. I'm I'm one of those rare breeds. Um, I mean, when I when I went there, I mean, I already had been to Minneapolis quite a few times before that. So I mean, I already knew the area pretty well just from being there for tournaments and tryouts for NA teams. And like, I I just I basically. Really loved it. It's a nice little town. Everybody knows everybody. I mean, it's just I, I couldn't get any better than what the experience was because it's like a, everything that you need packed into, like, a small radius of a town. It's beautiful.
0: And so you you come to town, join the Havoc, get acclimated into the Hudson community. Um, that first Hudson Havoc game, take us back to that.
3: Oh, man. So, I mean, obviously playing at that arena, I always enjoyed it. Uh I mean, just just playing my first game, I was just excited. I wasn't really nervous too much. I mean, I mean, Brett will tell you I I definitely had kind of a rough start to the beginning of the season that year. But I mean, I definitely was just having a good time, and I mean, just playing that first game at home, I thought it was amazing just because of how nice the rink is and how everything is there.
1: Well, Jimmy, by the time you left, you're probably one of the hottest players we had here. You know what I mean? I know. That's
3: I know. You were a guy
1: do i keep going that's Jeremy? the one
3: thing i always talk to myself for
1: <laughs> well no you know I, I, they're 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 just getting acclimated to our system and our structure and you're a guy that came in and um honestly john i'll tell you right now probably one of the fastest players I've ever had like th- this guy up and down the ice like on the forecheck it was crazy like tenacity should be his middle name like this guy was relentless um tough <laughs> took care of his body like came in unbelievable shape when he showed up just kind of needed to know the finer details of our game plan and kind of how to play within our system and structure and there are some days where, you know, we kind of had to be a little bit harder on him at times, even as an older guy. And I mean, at the end of the day, he's a guy that continued to work and continue to you know persevere. And I mean, there's a reason he's playing NCAA hockey right now at the Division three levels because he's continued to work, continue to listen and continue to be coachable. So um, that's testament to you, Jimmy. But that's just kind of it cracks me up. that you bring that up? I remember a few games I was like, Jimmy, sit down you're done. I, and, and I, you're remember,
3: like, you're, I mean, I'll be honest. That's a, another funny story. Now that you remind me of that.
1: Oh man. We but, still talk about it on occasion. My, Dylan last, my back. last
3: junior game was, uh, I mean, it wasn't, it was my entirely my fault. I just remember I was, in, I think it was against PAL in that showcase. Yes, it was in Boston. I already, and I remember I get off the ice after mission. I think it was like my third uh, breakout pass. And then I looked at you, you looked at me. I'm like, just bench me at this point. Cause I, I wasn't, I wasn't playing well at all. I he but um, I'll never
1: forget. He just gave he, me that. Yeah, I know, and just sat right down. I mean, it was amazing.
3: I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I was. I obviously didn't take it to heart. I knew I wasn't playing well, and I and I know when I'm not playing well, you shouldn't be putting me in. I, I'm I'm harder on myself than anybody. I'll be honest.
1: You know what though? I think that accountability you put on yourself at the end of the day that's why you you are where you are. Like you hold your you do hold yourself to a high standard and at the end of the day. Like. Some guys do say, oh, you know, I got to be better. I got to do this. You're a guy that came in, really did take the kind of stuff to heart and said, hey, you know what? I've got to work and be better for not only myself, but the guys and um, true teammate in that fashion. I mean, guys that want to make a change and want to say, hey, I need to bring my piece. I mean, man, I just remember in the showcase there, uh, you and the Bulldog, you know, scoring a big two-on-one goal against Metro and um, just the yeah. way you were buzzing around there in the uh, Pittsburgh Vengeance game at that time, like the two goals you had, like that weekend that you and Kulas put together was fantastic. So, I mean, just I think about all those great times and the way you worked and, honestly, just the way you took care of yourself, like in the weight room, like you, you and Hunter, were like just freaks, like you guys would compete and battle and go. Um, so it was just, just a lot of fun to have around and a guy that truly like in the, the day, just, when I think of hard work and coachability, like P-Tuck for sure. So Jimmy, we're, oh, yeah. we're, we're talking back to you. This is the fall of 2019 and,
0: uh, this was a successful team. So you start out in probably September, late September, or early October, the season starts out at what point, did you start to realize, hey, this we we have we've, we've got a good team here and things are really clicking?
3: I mean, I I thought it from day one to be honest with you. I mean, from the year prior, because I mean, uh, when I was on my prior team, I had already been paying attention to uh, how Hudson was doing that year, and I mean, uh, from knowing like a bunch of the guys on the team already, like uh, who is it, Evan Mitchell, obviously, uh, Chris Dusik, uh uh, Chris Dusek's brother, Caleb.
1: Your name. Um, You're naming some legends right and now.
3: Pretty much pretty much everybody on that roster, just from watching them play, even though they obviously had that exit in playoffs, I knew that the next year they were going to be a good team. So, like, I already had my my mindset on wanting to go there for the second my season was over that year prior, and I knew they were going to be good.
0: So th- it's a very successful season, and we're going to bring you – we're going to go back to a game that propelled the havoc into the national championship tournament out in Boston. And this is a game that we were talking about last week. Okay. Well, the the team goes out the team goes out to Boston beats the blue ox Mm -hmm. and and you go out to the national championship in Boston. Tell us about that, uh, that journey out there.
3: Uh yeah. I mean, I I obviously had not been there at the time because I was at home. But I mean, I I remember watching every game from home and just wanting those guys to get there, get there, uh, get there, obviously. And I mean, like, just watching it, I I knew that they were going to do something special. I mean, obviously, every single guy in that room, I'm always going to hold them as like a close friend. And like, it's just, just watching that, it just, it made me, just made me happy. But also, I I also knew that they were going to do something great. So, I mean, it, it was definitely a good thing to watch.
0: And there's a story behind that. Brett, Coach Brett Wall, and I were just talking about that. Take us back to—it's uh, a very interesting story and a story of, of of perseverance and overcoming some some unexpected things. So, kind of set the stage about what uh, what happened there, if you will.
3: Yeah. So um, that after, obviously, after that winter showcase in um, Chicago, um, I ended up going home, and uh, obviously was home for two weeks when we had break, and then as when we came back um i to play at the showcase in boston i ended up i wasn't feeling myself i didn't really feel like 100 percent. i didn't i didn't feel like i was sick but i also felt weak so i mean after those i think it was four games at the time yep once we got back to hudson to get back to normal practice and normal divisional games i mean at that point i knew something was up so i mean At that point, I'm I'm usually when I'm sick or hurt, I always try to get through it. Obviously, if I'm sick, I don't want to be around anybody. I don't want to get anyone else sick. But I mean, I felt more hurt than sick, so I mean, I I pretty much tried to fight through it. I I didn't know if I at at the time I started to get a growing pain in my left oblique around my uh, chicken wing bone on the left side of my body. So like I, I thought I had pulled an oblique in the weight room. So, and then it gradually got worse and worse to the point where I felt like I couldn't breathe. So one day I just said, I said, I I can't do this anymore. I told Hunter, because he was my roommate at the time, and uh, he took me to the hospital down the street. And it turns out that I uh, contracted a blood clot or a bilateral blood clot in both of my lungs um, that uh, I think it was the 16th of January. Okay. And uh, at that point, at that point, I was pretty much stunned. I mean, obviously, I, I, my first idea was, oh, when my, am I, I going to play again? I mean, I'm not even that. At that point, I was like, I thought it wasn't going to be as bad as they made it out to be. Um, funny story about that was it, it was like I think it was oh boy I think it was maybe eight o'clock at night at the uh, when I when I finally saw a doctor and when the and it wasn't even a doctor that they rolled in funny enough it was a, a computer cart. With a guy on Facetime, basically. Really. And he was that he was he basically looked at my diagnostics and was the one to tell me that uh, I was done with hockey for the foreseeable future.
0: Okay, so this was so, like an online
1: doctor, yeah. Yeah, doctor. it was like a okay, telemedicine
3: yeah. kind of deal right. because there okay. wasn't any uh, doctors currently like around to like okay. check on me. So, but yeah, no, I, I ended up getting the blood clot in my lungs, and I mean. The blood tests at the time, they ended up showing that I wasn't going to be able to play again due to some kind of clotting disorder. I forget the name. It's some big, long name. But sure. they had told me that I was going to be on blood thinners the rest of my life and that it was just going to be pretty much a no-go that I would be playing hockey ever again, at least with contact at that point. So obviously, I thought I was done playing hockey for like the rest of my life. So
0: Okay. And here I think is where the confusion came in on my part. This you- – the Havoc went out to Boston twice, once with the showcase and then went out a second time for the national championship. So yep. I so I, 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 had, I, had mixed up what, what happened when. So so this was in the Boston showcase before the, January, yep, right yeah. after the new year, right after the new year. OK. Yeah. And so and so you're a young guy and this this is a you know, that, that that's
1: a big shock. And it, it, it makes you think how important health is beyond anything else. Well, John, that was what's so surprising. Like, like for me, like when I think of guys that take care of their bodies and I don't know if this is awkward or not, but Jimmy, like, my God, you got eight abs. When you take your shirt off, you're shredded and, and takes care of his body. <laughs> and I mean, for, for you, like what, like I, you, you prioritize health and fitness, you know what I mean? And, and right. you're a guy that's in really good shape and taking care of your, care of your body. And for that to happen, it's like, right. you know, my goodness, like what, what, what more freak kind of event right. could you really ask for? I mean. Jimmy, I I, I don't know again. I don't know what you're doing away from the rink, but at the end of the time, at the end of the day, when you were here, like you were a guy that you know. In my eyes, just the way you performed and prepared your body and took care of it, like you were a guy that I, I truly think prioritized that. And that's what I was so shocked. I was like what what is going on here?
3: I was definitely shocked, like you were saying. I mean, i pretty much just trying to do everything right. I try I actually. I mean, I was I was eating well the entire season, but I actually when I got back, I I thought I was eating even better than I was before the beginning of the season. So I mean, obviously. Like we were saying, it was just a huge shock, and it's just a bunch of different things that changed my entire life. Because not only does it mess up the hockey part of things, it also right. messes up my daily, like my daily routine, like whether or not like I can do certain things, or like I, I I didn't at that point I had no clue what entailed the rest of my life, almost for that matter.
0: So the season for, for you was 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 completed. Because of what happened, you know, yeah. medically. So the, the havoc goes on to the uh, the, the championship. We, in fact, we just talked about this last week. And then on top of everything else, COVID hits and it changes the whole thing. But the journey to get out there, you were still part of the team. You were still following it, it even though medically you couldn't be directly a part of it.
3: Oh, yes, I was. Yeah, I was, I was watching every game. I was rooting the guys on from home. I mean, obviously, like it, it was a lot really hard just to watch hockey at that point. Sure. But I mean, obviously, those guys, like I said, they're like basically my brothers. So I mean, it was tough for me to like not watch at all, even though as tough as it as tough as it was for me to think, oh my God, this is like this I could be here right now, and the only reason why I'm not there is just because of the fact that I I obviously have something I have no control of.
0: So the so the season ends and you get this diagnosis. What does life hold at that point for Jimmy Petuk?
3: So, I mean, when I got home, uh, around the end of January, I pretty much didn't know what to do. I mean, obviously I was, I wasn't enrolled in school at the time. So, I mean, I pretty much came home. Uh, I, I didn't get a job until around before the pandemic hit, but I mean, I pretty much was just devastated at home. I mean, it was tough on me. I'll be honest. Uh but I mean, I was taking at the time I was taking uh, a medication called warfarin. So the way that works is when you take that for everyone that probably doesn't know, um, you end up, your doctor tells you, you need to take an X amount of dosage. And every week, every two weeks, you'd test your blood to see how thin it was. So, I mean, it was a crapshoot given the fact that it's diet, it bases off your diet too. So, I mean, I would end up taking a certain dosage for a week and a half, and then the the hematologist would be like, "No, you gotta you gotta sit on you can't go anywhere because your blood's too thin that you could possibly rupture a blood vessel or, or internally bleed to the point where you need to go to the hospital." So I mean, it, it was it was definitely tough. I mean, it, it was like it was almost like a shocker because like. Brett'll tell you, I'm I'm a guy that I can't I can't sit down I can't sit straight.
1: No, you can't.
3: So I mean I I, I, I have I'm always moving my feet. Like even I'll be honest with you guys right now, I'm on the phone walking pacing in circles. I mean that's just how I am as a person. Like I constantly I can't sit around. I have to do things. So like I mean that was definitely something that was a big hit to me personally. And I mean on a day to day basis, like I just felt like like personally for me, I just wasn't healthy. So, I mean, it it was definitely a shocker
1: for sure.
0: So for young athletes listening to this, what was that at that juncture, the motivation to overcome this and start to work your way back?
3: Yeah. So, I mean, at that point, uh, because I'll I'll get into it as well uh, with the when they figured out that everything was a misdiagnosis, it wasn't a misdiagnosis, but the fact that there was actually a chance to play. Was the fact that I started to get myself into different hobbies, whether it was something that was obviously non-sports related, whether it was reading or doing doing something that didn't require any physical activity. Also, I, I mean, at the time it was winter time, but I knew that once the springtime came, there were also other sports I could participate in, like golf, which is something I always play in the summer. But I mean, that that pretty much I just told myself that even though i can't do what i really love to do i'll find i'll find something else because i mean life's too short so i mean uh it was just i i knew that it wasn't the end of the world even though as hard as it hurt because i mean i've obviously been playing since i was very very young but i i knew that there was still a light at the end of the tunnel at the end of the day and that's that uh, that's what i'm honestly grateful for going through that whole experience personally But I mean, and then also going into what I was going to say is also around, I think it was, it wasn't until March after everything was shut down that I was given the uh, go ahead by the hematologist that I could at, at least skate at the time because we, we had spoke on a multiple different occasions about different opportunities for me to take different medications that wouldn't necessarily put me in jeopardy of being in contact sports. So at that point, it was just once I heard the words that I could play, whether it's just the skate for that matter, I just started doing it. And I just I didn't look back.
0: And so once you got cleared to play, getting back out on that ice after, you know, certainly exploring the possibility that you might just have to be done with this, that must have been a, a great moment.
3: Oh, yeah, it was great. I mean. I actually, funny enough, it was here in Wilkes-Barre, I have a skills coach, his name's Alex Vasco, I skate with all the time in the summers. He's always been a good friend of mine. Uh, he started having me skate with him. I think the rinks here opened in July, or June, or early June at the time. So before that, I was obviously playing roller hockey in my, in my uh, driveway and shooting pucks and doing all the dry land stuff and working out. But I mean, once once I was able to skate in June, I basically said to myself, it doesn't matter what level I'm going to be playing at. I just want to play. Okay. So, I mean, I started skating with my skills coach then, and I just I was doing it once or twice a week at the time just to start out, and I just wanted to keep going and going and going.
0: So what was the path then, once you got back going again, that led you to King's College?
3: So it all started that. So that summer, at that point, I only – It was tough because obviously given the situation with covid a lot of players had their seasons cut short and there was a lot of different questions whether or not how d3 hockey would work so by the time i was cleared it was kind of tough because a lot of schools at that time i mean brett will tell you they've already done their second visits and they pretty much have their commits at the time so it was kind of tough to get my foot in the door given the fact that I also had an injury that ended the season, which could have also turned coaches away. So obviously Hunter Koch, he was also um, going to school at a uh, slippery rock university in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And he had been in touch with their ACHA D one coach. So I, I obviously asked him uh, being a good friend of his and he, he got me in with that coach. So I ended up just going there for school because, I had already had my mindset, and I still am of getting my degree in engineering, and mechanical engineering.:
0: Fantastic.
3: So I ended up doing that, and then that year, last, yeah last year, I was um, enrolled in school, obviously online and remote. So at that point, with the ACHA, they, they obviously run on a different budget as the NCAA at the time, so a lot of the teams are on their own. So what ended up happening was we had our start date pushed back more and more and more. And around, I think it was January. No, it was actually, no, it wasn't even January. It was February. The, um, they ended up uh, the program I think got suspended for some type of violation Mm. for four years. And I, I obviously wasn't involved. Hunter and I were completely native to whatever was going on. And we, I, at that point, it was like another punch in the stomach because it was like, oh great, I got to do this again. I got to figure things out. So, at that point, I pretty much uh, tried to get in contact with as many schools as I could. And at that point, I had spoke to uh, Coach Servali, who I play for now here at Kings. And at that point, I was uh, in contact with him actually the summer before, even though they didn't have enough roster spots. So. I spoke with him and we had a few conversations over the course of, uh, last year across the spring and summer. And then finally he, uh, agreed and we both agreed that I, um, that he wanted me on the team. So, um, obviously, and at that point it was even, I mean, we'll go into it, but, uh, I, he didn't really guarantee me anything, given the fact that it was tough with having more transfers coming in and, Also having uh, commits come in. So, I mean, right now, as standing our roster here at King's, we have quite a few players on the roster due to COVID-related reasons and also the fact that everything in the NCAA is just all bunched up because of COVID. So, at that point, I mean, just just to hear that I had an opportunity to play on a team, regardless or not, of what my status was, it was definitely something that made me really uh, grateful and happy, for sure.
0: Well, when I'm listening to this story and the word that just jumps in my head, it is a lesson to all athletes is persistence. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Definitely. Definitely. I mean, trust me, even though I ended up landing where I did, I probably had tried to, I mean, also, I know Brett had looked out for me as well. And we both were probably talking to a, a, a lot of coaches just to, just to get things done. And I mean, it was just, like I said, it, it, just having the situation with everything, where teams are folding. Like I think on our roster here, we have uh, a great, a few players who have come from two colleges who ended up folding their programs, Division Three, because of the uh, right. reasons of COVID and all the uh, financials the financial reasons. So I mean, obviously it was just tough. But I mean, just the fact that I'm able, I was able to land in a place not only close to home, but also a place that I've also been at since i was basically 14 skating and being around here i mean it was definitely something i'm grateful for every day
1: well and jimmy at the same time as well let's also not forget you found yourself in the lineup you know i mean you, you found yourself in some games here where you're playing into play hockey um when you know a few years ago we didn't think it's gonna be possible like for me i think about how many guys are here with me for two or three years working every single day and putting everything they got into it and hoping that it works out and then we've got a guy like you that you know, does everything right, is working his butt off, is told, no, hey, this can't happen. All of a sudden I'm sitting here and I'm staring at King's College and I'm looking at your prospects and you're playing games at the NCAA level. It's like, what, what more could you ask for just as far as like, hey, you know what, I've been told no, but I'm going to find a way to make the most of this. And then obviously I think your positive attitude and the mindset you had, obviously, ultimately getting you the answer that you wanted that you could get going again. And then just the will to kind of say, hey, you know what, even through the, you know, COVID stuff and then the shutdown with the other programs, hey, I'm still going to keep fighting to find a way. Um, like truly that just explains who you are as a person. Like that's one thing I loved about being with you is You were always going to work. Um, I still think of our six and twos when you came back that one time and, um, you came back from a little bit of an injury and you're banged up and, uh, six and two drill, you got to escape down and back six times in two minutes. And it, it, it is terrible. And I remember you looking oh, yeah. at me and your eyes looked like they're about to roll in the back of your head and you kept moving. <laughs> And I was like, man, oh, yes, this, yes. this this guy will. I remember do
3: it. that because that's another thing going into it. I've been going through that injury too with my eyes. Yeah. And obviously that that's where the nickname Angel Eyes comes from that you always call me by. But I mean, Jimmy uh, Angel Eyes uh, Another another rare occurrence, uh, which is a recurring theme in my life, it seems like, where uh, my eyes uh, needed to be treated with a cervical surgery, so I had to go home for a couple weeks. That that time.
0: Well, Jimmy, this is, is, has been quite a story, and we we, we wish you continued uh, luck out there at, at, at Kings at Kings College. Have you had a chance at all to uh, to follow the havoc this season through through hockey TV? Oh yes,
3: I have. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been keeping up on social media, and I, I've, I've actually checked in in a couple games to watch. Um, obviously, I, I feel like you guys you have a pretty good team. I mean, mm-hmm. a, a lot of the older Older players that we all had on that roster have come and gone. But, I mean, obviously, uh, I know Sean Potts is still there. Uh, Shout-out Potts, I haven't talked to you in a while. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, obviously, I I know that Brett is capable of uh, fielding a really good team every year just because of this preparation and what he gives to the players. I mean, I've never had a junior coach or even really an amateur coach, for that matter, prepare that much, prepares players that much each week to succeed. But I definitely feel like uh, this year's team is pretty, pretty special as well.
0: So reflecting back in your time with the Havoc, with everything, the ups and downs, everything that happened, uh, you're, you're forever a Hudson Havoc then?
3: Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure.
0: Well, before we shut this down, Coach, any one last thing to say to your former player out in, uh, in college?
1: I mean, it's it's just great to, to hear the excitement in your voice and hear about you playing and knowing that you're following your dream of school. I know when we were sitting in the hospital bed there kind of talking a little bit, you know, like, I want to go to school, I at least need to do this and kind of trying to figure out what's next. And now just knowing that both these are, you know, coming to you and they're in your forefront and in your future and you are going to play college hockey for three more years and have a degree, like, uh, super proud of you, man. And wish, wish you the best of luck and keep doing you and just stay true to yourself and keep working hard. We're so proud that you're an NCAA athlete and well-deserved, man.
3: Oh, for sure. Thanks, Brett. I really appreciate it, man. I mean, like I said, you guys you guys are always going to have a good program. And uh, I know that in the years to come, the good things are going to come for you guys. So, and Like I said, I'm forever grateful for that, even though it was a short amount of time for the most part. I mean, I, I feel like in that small amount of time, I probably learned the most in terms of hockey and preparation than I could have learned anywhere else. So, I mean, obviously, like I said, I'm always forever grateful for my time there at Hudson.
0: Well, Jimmy, we're grateful that you could uh, come on to our podcast and tell your story. We wish you continued success out there at, at, at King's College. Stay in touch, and, uh, again, best wishes going forward. A, ver- a very interesting uh, and inspirational story of, of, of persistence and not giving up, and we wish you all the best out there.
3: Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it.
0: We'll be back with more of the Hudson Havoc podcast in a moment. The Hudson Havoc return home to Gornick Arena Friday, January 14th, and Saturday the 15th, taking on the Wisconsin Rapids River Kings in a crucial Midwest-West division matchup. Friday's game's at 7 o'clock. Saturday's game is at 8. Tickets are $10 at the door. Kids under 10 are free. The Hoppin' Barrel Warming House will be open for business during all Havoc games. Come out and cheer on your Hudson Havoc, the 14th and 15th, at Gornick Arena. And we are back with more of the Hudson Havoc podcast with GM and head coach Brett Wall. Got a very important series coming up and a very familiar opponent. We got back-to-back series, a home-and-home series after a sweep on the road against the Wisconsin Rapids River Kings over there. Now they come over here. We got a lot of great things going on. We got Mom's Weekend. We got Teddy Bear Toss. And we got key games against a key opponent coming up. Brett, you must be very excited.
1: Uh, Extremely excited. Man, We haven't been home in uh, two months, so to get an opportunity to to kind of play here and know that we've got a lot of home games coming. I think we have 11 um, coming up in the next stretch of the month and a half, so extremely excited to kind of be back here in HUD, Vegas. I'm playing from our fans. There's no better fans than the USPHL. I can promise you that. Um, So the boys are excited to kind of get back here, and then obviously, too, like you kind of said, huge weekend coming up here. Uh, It's it's mom's weekend for Friday and Saturday games, so the boys will have their moms up here um, kind of celebrating them and, and rejoicing them, obviously, without uh, the hockey mom, um, you know, there's no opportunity to have hockey players. Uh, so we got to thank them, make sure they get their recognition that they deserve. And it would be a great opportunity for them to come up and watch their sons and see the work that they've put in and knowing that, you know, when they're away from home and kind of sacrificing that time with their children, that their kids are putting in the work and kind of chasing their dreams. So it would be awesome to kind of put that, you know, hand in hand together. And then on Saturday, a um, huge event going on at, at uh, 8 o'clock puck drop. Um, we have a teddy bear toss going on. Um, and all that stuff will be sent. Uh, the teddy bears after the game uh, will be given to Safe Haven Foster Shop to go um, in the bags that are sent to foster kids in their transition from foster homes. So should be really really cool on a night. And if you're not familiar with the teddy bear toss, you can look it up online. It's when uh, the Havocs score their first goal, um, where, whenever that may be, uh, they throw all the teddy bears on the ice, and all those bears then get donated um, to Safe Haven that foster shop there. So super cool event going on. It'll be a lot of fun for the guys. Um, I'm, I'm super excited. We're kind of taking bets on who's going to be the guy that scores the goal. Um, but at the end of the day, a really good cause and something that we're very, very proud to take part in.
0: And, and you did as a community service the week before did some, did some work with them.
1: Yep. Guys were over there packing backpacks and building shelves and kind of helping out in any which way they needed to, uh. Know, kind of have their hands available so i uh, very proud of the guys for that And again you know we, we put this community first and the support that we get and again we're, we're so excited to be back at home because of the community support and fan support that we get and a lot of that i think stems from kind of being out and about knowing that you know we're giving back as well well and
0: bringing moms in here and some of these moms are going to be coming from quite a ways away to be able to attend this
1: yeah i mean we, we've got a lot of moms flying in and kind of coming in to see their kids <laughs> so it's going to be a lot of fun kind of orchestrating putting it all together um, I know Jen and Katie got a, a bunch of events planned for the moms on uh, Saturday, kind of going around and kind Good. of enjoying uh, the local restaurants, breweries, bars, everything kind of all Hudson has to offer. So it'll be a lot of fun for them.
0: And there's been unconfirmed reports floating around that the mothers enjoy themselves immensely during this weekend in years past. They,
1: they, they usually do. It's, it's been a huge hit and a lot of fun, I think, for the players as well. Just have your mom up here and, and kind of say, hey, you know, this is a weekend for us and really enjoy the games as well. Um going to be a lot of fun, and then with it being a River Kings game, there's going to be a lot of kind of tension on the line. It should be a very, very good game for mom to be up here for. Wisconsin Rapids River Kings got to be smarting
0: a little bit, probably smarting a lot after you came over there and beat them twice in their in their arena. So I'm sure they would like nothing better than to return the favor and come over here. What are you expecting from them Friday night?
1: Uh, they're going to be hungry. I mean, with any time you come out and you beat a team twice, they want to come back and really kind of show you what's going on. And both the games have been extremely tight. Um, One thing I do love about these games, though, is, you know, we've got a few other teams in the past that, you know, when you play, you know, games and series and things get close and there's a rivalry, things sometimes get heated. It gets kind of, you know, carried a little too far at times. And this is something I really respect with the River Kings program organization is that truly I can say we go to war with these guys. And after that 60 minutes is over, um, respect and love from both teams and both coaches. One thing I really enjoy is that a lot of our players go over and shake Marty's hand and kind of check in. And, you know, a lot of the players that we were recruiting, you know, we've kind of put ourselves in that. Uh, you know, higher echelon of tier three hockey. So we all, we all kind of connect and recruit with the same players. And just because they chose someone else and not here doesn't necessarily mean that, that bridge needs to be burned. So um, what I really enjoy is there's a lot of players on his team. that I know I would absolutely help and kind of vice versa. So we can, where there's a lot of respect kind of back and forth. Don't get me wrong. Me and Marty will exchange words and, and go at it. And the players will, and it'll be tough. But at the end of the day, you know, we know that there's a bigger picture here than hockey. It's about moving guys on and knowing that we can put 40 guys on the ice that truly have that opportunity to play in some hockey one day. So it's going to be a blast of the weekend
0: so it's an intense rivalry but a rivalry that also contains mutual respect
1: a hundred percent and I, I think what, what is so great about that is that when you are playing against a competitor that you respect and someone that you enjoy competing with in a program that you know holds themselves a very high standard you know, on both teams, you have 40 guys that are pushing themselves to be better and pushing themselves to play harder, and it really comes out with some awesome games. I know the first game we played this year in that showcase, like I told you on, on, on air, I'll be honest, I caught myself watching the game instead of coaching once or twice. It's like, oh, my goodness, like, I've got to stay focused sure. here because just because it was such good hockey back and forth, like all the players were kind of dialed and executing, and it was truly, like, just great hockey. Um, and I got a few phone calls after saying, yeah, that might be the best junior game we've watched all year. Um, And then to go out and have two really, really big ones in their barn, um, these next two are going to be huge as well. So just, again, another weekend of just fantastic hockey with two teams that truly, I think, know how to do this.
0: Well I'm I'm looking at the Midwest West Division standings a lot of hockey to, to go Oh I'm
1: sure it's tight isn't it
0: Well you you got the uh, you got the Blue Ox sitting on top at 46 and you'll you'll see them again River Kings right on their heels at 44 and the in the Hudson Havoc with two games less played than the River Kings at 36 so it goes without saying these these two weekend games in terms of big picture standings are, are very important
1: Extremely important. I think you know we, we obviously want to find ourselves on a spot where we can secure some home ice. Uh, if we get to the second round of playoffs, that should be huge. If you, you know you find us find a way to slide that one or two seed.
0: You mentioned this earlier. You haven't played it a home game since the 13th of November. Yep. This Friday will be the 14th of January. That's that's two months, and so it, it must be you know a homecoming, a long-awaited homecoming for the havoc.
1: I mean, I, I definitely think it's, I think so. I mean, at the end of the day, what I really like is the way our guys played on the road. Um, guys have no problem going to anyone else's building and competing on a nightly basis and working. Um, you know, that HUD Vegas mindset is anytime, any place, uh, you know, so we kind of have that, that comfort kind of instilled, but then get the opportunity where you really feel your fan support and crowd. Uh, being here at the Gornick Arena, I mean, it truly does make a difference.
0: Well, you you have such a uh, a dedicated game day staff, and they've been away from this for a while. Tell us just about some of the preparations and a lot of the people doing a lot of things behind the scenes to make this a great fan experience for those fans that are going to come out this weekend.
1: Oh, man, I'll tell you what. There's, there's so many things that kind of go on behind the scenes that uh, at the end of the day, even I don't even know what's going on at times. There There's so many people that are helping me between Katie, Jenny. Um, Anna does a great job at helping out our EMT support um, the guys that run stuff, Brian Ginger, obviously with the play-by-play, Chris Dove with some of the PA and scoring, um, Ruby Dove with the music. I mean, there's there's a lot of hands on deck. I, I'm sure I'm missing people as well um, that that'll do a lot of things for us and the program, and even myself and the team for the games to be done um, that I don't see or know about, and just kind of you know they they go about their business and, and handle it and kind of make sure I never have to. So I've got to you know obviously tip my hat but say thank you to them and. We're looking forward to a good little home stretch here at home. We're we're going to showcase
0: some others, and we're going to showcase everything the havoc has going on. We're also going to uh, have an opportunity to talk about the great community partnerships and the great community sponsors. You know that'll be showcased when you come back home.
1: Yeah, uh, Hop and Barrel is going to be here. Obviously, the Warming House. We back up. We just got confirmation from them that they're okay. excited and ready to kind of yep. roll um and, and then other than that it's going to be kind of everyone that's uh, in, involved in the mix i'm sure you'll see Peter pit around the boys have been back and forth there Your guys at elevate nutrition um obviously the people uh, with Brittany over at the velocity taking care of the guys uh Brent at c1 making sure the guys are healthy and then uh, dr jamie as well over at health max um have done a great job making sure the guys are healthy so you know us as coaches have prepared them the community uh support has fed them um and then obviously our you know our, our staff there is kind of make sure they're strong and healthy so we should be ready to roll here
0: so without getting into too many specific details, are, are the Havoc pretty healthy right now going into this one?
1: I mean, it's it's day to day. You know how it goes. We come to practice and, and the way we do things in practice, is we compete um, in practice. You're expected to block shots. You're expected to hit and get hit. Um, as of right now, we are healthy, but we're in that still that development mindset model to where it, we can't run like a pro hockey team to work. I'm like, OK, like. You know, this guy can float through practice and he's going to play. Like we're not paying these guys a million dollars yet. Um, these guys are still developing. So the way they're pushing themselves every day, I think we're kind of where we need to be um, as far as health. It's day in and day out. You know how that goes with the bumps and the bruises and the dog days. Um, but for the majority, guys are kind of, you know, trending in the right direction. And I think guys are, for the most part, healthy.
0: What is the biggest key for uh, a positive weekend series against the River Kings going in? If you could point out one thing.
1: One word, discipline. How so? Special teams. This series is going to be won or lost on special teams. Um, firm believer in that. If, if you look at the way we match up, 5-on-5, five 4-on-4, five, four four, um, very, very tight, very, very close. All the games, there's not going to be a lot of goals given up. Um, I think the person that kind of loses their composure, maybe takes a selfish penalty or retaliates or maybe you know carries it a little too far, at the end of the day, I think it's going to happen in the back of someone's net and I hope it's going to be our power play doing to the penalty kill.
0: We had, we had a fairly low-scoring series over there. Do you anticipate yep. the same thing? De- fairly defensive focused
1: i don't you know i don't even want to say it's defensively focused i mean if you looked i mean both teams are getting 30 35 shots i mean you gotta you gotta look at the guys that are in net. we got really good guys in net. you got really good teams as far as like getting shots through um guys do a great job boxing out finding sticks the net front battle is huge at both ends um so for me i think it's just really really good hockey i don't know if the low scoring is kind of due to anything other than just kind of the work and compete on both teams like the score goal like you you really got to put in an effort and then some um, so I think it's just kind of that compete factor is a lot, lot higher and a little bit harder to score some goals.
0: Well, coach, I'm glad to have you back home. Congratulations again on a tremendous uh, weekend sweep with the River Kings. I know a lot of excitement. Brian Gendro had texted me and, yep. and and I know he's he's excited to get back over going again. We'll get him set up and ready to roll in, in the press box. And I want to thank you again for coming on board and doing another weekly Hudson Havoc podcast.
1: Well, I can't thank you enough to have him for having me. And obviously we're excited to have the moms up here for mom's weekend. Um, but guys, don't forget it. on uh, Saturday there. We have the teddy bear toss. Do bring your bears. Um, that way we can toss them on the ice and donate them to a uh, safe haven foster shop after the Havoc score their first goal there on Saturday.
0: For all information for the Hudson Havoc, go to HudsonHavoc.com. Also follow them on Instagram and follow them on Twitter. We're going to shut her down for this week's edition of the Hudson Havoc podcast. Want to thank all of our guests, all the sponsors, Get out to Gornick this weekend. River Kings coming to town should be a good one. For John Wecken and the Hudson Havoc Podcast, we bid you a pleasant good evening.